everyone, it's Dr. Kamari Valentine here. I'm not sure if you can hear the Rod Stewart concert happening in the background here in Dunedin. It's very loud and we can hear it across the harbour, but I'm not sure how much you can hear where you are. Today, for something different, I thought I would record about overthinking. Um, some of you will know that um, a topic for my PhD was overthinking and what I studied was how overthinking interacts with thought silencing or suppressing one's thoughts and one's feelings, especially in the context of romantic relationships, and how that combination increased depressive symptoms and depressed mood both short-term and longer-term. So why don't I start with some questions. How do you know that you are overthinking? Well, you might notice that your mood becomes lower, that you feel like you're repeatedly going over the same stuff. You might feel that you really need to think in this way. And you might feel lower and more anxious. So overthinking acts like yeast to dough. Now, that is a phrase that Susan Nolan Huxima, the key researcher in this area, used to describe the effects of rumination one form of overthinking. Typically, when people are talking about overthinking, they are both talking about rumination, which refers to a passive focus on the past, going over things that have been, like, why did I say that? What does he mean when he, what did he mean when he said that to me? Why do I always make mistakes like this? This kind of passive, dwelling, this asking of questions, but questions that typically do not lead to an easy solution and which keep mood low and stuck. So this concept of overthinking combines rumination as well as worry. So worry is about something in the future, like what will happen tomorrow? Or what will happen at the doctor's appointment? Or what will happen if my children don't come home for the concert? Right. So rumination typically has a focus on the past and worry, the type of overthinking, a focus on the future. The function of overthinking when we're ruminating is to try and understand and to solve a problem. Whereas when people are worrying, the function of that overthinking is to prevent bad things from happening. There are very many similarities in both. There is a passive focus. It is in contrast to a more active thinking style like problem solving, where what we do is we try to define what the actual problem is and we engage in working out how we might take reasonable steps 
towards solving that. So I, I always picture like a, a checklist, something you can actually solve. Overthinking is characterized by this focus on seemingly feelings. Right? And, I, and I've used that deliberately. I'll be coming to uh, my idea about the function of overthinking in a moment. But there's very much an emphasis on the word why, right? And often not a very good answer. So on that note of why, why do we overthink? And the answer is a tad complicated. We overthink because we believe that in doing so, we will solve a problem. We also have to remember that society values thinking. For most of us, we weren't actually taught how to think or that there might be different ways of thinking, such as rumination, reflection, problem solving, being mindful, and so on. So oftentimes, we are encouraged to think. How many times have you heard somebody say, just think that through, or think before you speak, or if you think through that, you'll get a solution. So there is the societal emphasis on thinking, this valuing of thinking, perhaps over intuition, for example, but very little instruction on how to think, or how to think in a way that might move people more towards their goals or values. So at least part of the answer and why we overthink is that there's a valuing of society, a shepherding, especially for uh, those who are socialized into a, a feminine role. Children who are, who are brought up as girls will, will typically be encouraged to think through things, to focus on their feelings. This is in very general terms. And children who are socialized as boys are typically uh, encouraged to be very active in how they deal with feelings and even in, to ignore feelings. What Susan Nolan Hooksima found was that if we look at this difference in rumination, that women ruminate more than men, this explains why women are two to three times more likely to become depressed compared to men. So it is not about a biological difference, but about a socialized difference. And within this difference, there are also notions of helplessness and power and gendered responding. Okay, so it is more likely that people will use rumination in situations where they feel powerless. Right? And unfortunately, the rumination, to use that phrase, like yeast to dough, amplifies those negative states. The research shows it prolongs 
depressive episodes and it also exacerbates them, makes them worse. Okay, what we also find is that if people have had a depressed episode and symptoms reemerge that may actually be passing, focusing on those symptoms in a catastrophic way and worrying may be more likely to result in another episode. So our thinking style has profound effects on how we feel. Now, remember how I said that we ruminate or overthink because we think we're getting closer to a solution? The research actually shows objectively that we move further away. So there's this real sense of, I need to think this way. If I do so, I will get closer to a solution. And objectively, unfortunately, nothing could be further from the truth. So, what can we do about it? Before I answer this and tell you about the acronym I came up with, let me say a little bit more about why we ruminate. What I have noticed in my clinical work following on from my PhD was that when we look at um, people who are overthinking, myself included, there are lots and lots of words. There are lots of emotion words. It is easy to believe that people are feeling and talking about feelings. When we look more closely, we find that rumination and overthinking are actually avoidance strategies. Let me slow down and say that again. So when somebody is talking, for example, about why they can't understand why somebody said something, like that was so upsetting that this person said that thing and it, and it was so upsetting. We might find lots of words there, right? especially revisiting an issue, right? And the research shows that listeners might be more critical or feel more critical. And the person who is overthinking might become aware of this and feel that they have less social support than objectively they might have. Okay? But even though there's a large volume of words, People's ability to stay with a feeling is really limited. In that example that I used, somebody might say, it was so terrible when he said this mean thing about me. But that underlying feeling of sadness might not be something the person identifies, nor something they can stay with. So even though, even though there are lots of words, there aren't necessarily lots of identification of emotion words, nor sitting with these words. What is that feeling? What does it mean for you? Where do you feel that in your body? Okay. 
And what I find is that essentially what people are looking for is validation. Looking for somebody to say, it is fair enough that you feel this way. It is fair enough that you feel sad. So rumination to me is a thwarted attempt at finding that validation that each of us needs, that each of us needs to generate ideally for ourselves. So if you ask me, what can we do about it? What I now have come to see is that it is really important that we validate our experiences. And if you've heard me talk about the vulnerable child and the critic, this will be a familiar idea to you, right? That what we want to do always is to prioritize that vulnerable child aspect of ourselves and to minimize that critic. Indeed, being more self-critical is associated with more rumination. When I look at what people suggest about overthinking, I find that many of the interventions are very cognitive ones. Those are useful, and I'll tell you my own um, acronym in a moment, but I really want to emphasize that while those are useful, they don't get to this core that I think overthinking is about, and that is about an unmet need. So let me tell you some other strategies, and I came up with the acronym KICK. Uh, I also used KICK because kicking something is an active approach in contrast to overthinking, which is this passive stance. So the first K stands for know that you're ruminating. Most of us have been thinking this way for all of our uh, thinking lives. And knowing that overthinking is a thing, and that is what we're doing, is the first step. Catching ourselves. Seeing where our minds are taking us. I stands for interrupt. Not once, but often, okay? Inter interruptions can be in the form of catching ourselves, like, oh, look where my mind is going. Or we might set a regular timer that goes off. Or if you have a watch that uh, beeps so that you take a stretch break, you might incorporate a catching your thinking break. C stands for choose an alternative. Rumination, when studied in the lab, um, led to Western scientists discovering that room that sorry that mindfulness uh, is an antidote. Now I know that there is a huge amount about mindfulness, and people can talk about mindfulness as if it solves everything. But certainly, it doesn't. But certainly in the area of rumination, mindfulness is the 
theoretical, at least, antidote. When we're mindful, we simply see our thoughts as passing thoughts. There is a lightness with which we relate to these thoughts. What is missing for me when we do that is that we're not necessarily validating our experience, which I see as more central. But in any case, stepping back from our thoughts, seeing our thoughts as passing phenomena, becoming unattached is something that can help. It can also help asking yourself, what is the actual problem here? What problem can I solve? Or banning why questions, at least temporarily. The final case stands for keep at it. So rumination is a socialized experience. We learned to ruminate and we can also unlearn this as part of caring for ourselves and caring for our minds. As I'm recording this, there are many more questions I'm thinking of, and I would love to hear if you have any questions or what you would like to know about overthinking or mindfulness, um, rumination or worry. So do let me know. I mostly hang out on Facebook rather than Instagram. Instagram is still something that I am learning. Um, so Dr. Kamari NZ is my handle on both Instagram and Facebook. And I would really love to hear what you thought of this podcast and whether you have any questions. If you go to both Instagram and Facebook, you'll see that I have a, um, a resource. I've put together five techniques that work to soothe the nervous system. And this is an important skill when we're talking about overthinking and that validation. Validating that internal experience is basically about sitting with emotions, some of which can be very hard. And when we do that, we typically need to soothe and look after our nervous systems, to manage big feelings that come up. So if you'd like to know more, sign up uh, to that and, um, and you'll also be opted into my very infrequent newsletters. Well, that's it for now. It was really lovely talking and I will catch you soon. Take care.